Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. It is Wacky Inward Wednesday and also Valentine's Day. So let's see what weird stuff's happening in the news and what things I guess you should do for your loved ones, whether you're, they're your friends, your family, or um, actually your significant other. <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our headlines here. Today on Before Coffee. Reformed pastor gives child abuse victims his salary supplement while Zoltan Bolag is the head of the church. And America's favorite cross-dressing volleyball player, George Santos, has been replaced in Congress by a Democrat. Greenland's ice sheet is melting and being replaced by vegetation. And we have a case of the plague in Oregon and, or Oregon as some people call it, and a AIDS. A ray has apparently performed asexual reproduction. Still looking for a Valentine's Day gift? Five reasons to make your wellness debut together now. Those stories are more, which is not only Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, it is also Oregon Donor Day, February 14th, 2024 on Before Coffee. All right, our first news story here is about Hungary. Hungary's been in the news lately because of EU stuff, and famously they are a very conservatively religious country trying to kind of use their standing in the EU to control the progress that some countries want to do in the EU. This isn't about politics per se, but instead it's about the current Hungarian head of church. With repentance before God and compassionate love for victims, I offer this pastoral salary supplement paid to me by the Danube River District of the Hungarian Reformed Church for benefit of the victims of child abuse, announced Reformed Pastor Andres Kusuros, the senior pastor of the Gimoro Reformed Church, on a social media page on Wednesday morning, which is today, February 14th. This is from telex.hu, which I think is a Hungarian news source written by Zofia Hanga Arati. Surios, which I'm sorry for butchering all these names because I don't know Hungarian, wrote that during the mandate of the incumbent church district leadership. He will deliver his donation to those concerned every month. The Dunamelik Church District of the Hungarian Reformed Church is headed by Reformed Bishop Zoltan Balog, who announced on Tuesday, which is the 13th of February, that he will not resign his position because of his role in a pardon case. According to the report of Gulasagyu Media in the Reformed Church, it is primarily the responsibility of individual congregations to support their pastors, but their church district also provides them with a salary supplement. This is what Kasuros offered to the victims. Another Reformed pastor, Sultan Tar, joined his initiative and encouraged his colleagues to do the same. Zoltan Bulag's responsibility arose in the scandal that led to the resignation of Katalin Novak because several independent government sources and sources close to the head of state's office told Direct 36 and Telex in recent days that he played an important role in the pardon case of Novak's advisor and old Bulag as a mentor. According to information, Bulag encountered 
encouraged the president of the Republic to pardon K. Andre. When the scandal broke out and both Novak's colleagues and Viktor Orban's team asked Balog for an explanation, he defended himself by saying that it was not his personal decision, but that several people in the leadership of the Reformed Church wanted to ensure that K. Andre should be pardoned. On the 12th of February, the government politicians already signaled to the Hungarian Reformed Church they would like Zoltan Balog to draw appropriate conclusions, and according to the news, Viktor Orban also considered Balog responsible. Balog finally announced on the 13th, after a sympathy vote held in the synodal office of the Hungarian Reformed Church, that he would not resign. In the video about this, Balog said that he did not submit the pardon request, but as an advisor to the President of the Republic, he agreed that with it, based on preliminary opinions and other information. I was wrong and I made a mistake, he admitted and apologized. In 2018, after six years as a minister, Sultan Balog did not take on another role in Viktor Orban's third government. Then it seemed that he would leave the political field and devote himself entirely to the church. But in January 2021, he became reformed bishop and then the pastoral president of the synod, i.e. essentially the domestic leader of the reformed church, which in a way is a political position. However, Balog has maintained and made maximum use of his governmental and political connections as a bishop. You can read, um, I guess they wrote more about that in another article about Bolag Zoltan. Zoltan. But uh, he's, yeah, he's very tightly associated with the government and has a lot of power in the church. And that is why when he does things like asking to pardon people who have committed child abuse, other pastors decide to donate their salary to those victims in protest. So this is kind of, I guess, in a way, not weird and wacky, but also weird and wacky. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, yeah, the, the pastors want to give money to their victims, I guess that should always be celebrated. Mm -hmm. So there's my short little news story on what's happening in Hungary with the Reformed Church. On to your story. All right, here we go. American politics before we get to the weirder stuff in the world. Well, what's weirder than George Santos, right? <laughs> this is uh, from AP, but it's uh, national news. It isn't like they got the scoop on anybody. Anthony Iagari, yeah. right? Nobody got a scoop. You just go ahead and read the election results and you got your story. Democrats, Tom Swazi. That's S-U-O-Z-Z-I. Two Z's in your name, man. That's cool. I love having a Z in my name. Stuart. Anyway. Democrat. Won a special election for U.S. House seat in New York on Tuesday, coming out on top of a politically mixed suburban district in a victory that could lift the party's hope, heading to the fiercely contested presidential election later this year. So if you defeat a Republican, Mazzy Phillip, or Philip, you take the seat, that was left vacant when George Santos, also a Republican, was expelled from Congress. The victory marks return to Washington for Suzy, who represented the district for three terms before giving it up to run unsuccessfully for governor. It is unclear how long this next stint on Capitol Hill will last as the redistricting process unfolds that could reshape the district. But for now, the result narrows the already slim Republican majority in the House. It provides Democrats a much-needed win in New York City's Long Island suburbs where GOP showed surprising strength in recent election. 
Well, basically, George Santos won because their opposition didn't do any research. How could you not uncover that guy? And he ran twice before he ran. I mean, before he won. So was he stressed in his campaign trail, trail theme of bipartisan cooperation in a victory speech that was briefly interrupted by protesters criticizing his support of Israel. There are divisions in our country where people can't even talk to each other. All they can do is yell and scream at each other. What do you mean by that? Oh, sorry. Hang on. That was my attempt at humor. That was not the answer to the problems we face in our country. The answer is to try and bring people together and try to find common ground. The way to make our country a better place is to try to find common ground. It is not easy to do. It is it is hard to do. I don't think it's that hard to do. I think we're most 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 things we have in common in that the elites, the people, the rich people at the top, are have a vested interest to keep us fighting amongst each other. Yeah. They split us down the middle and go, there's your dividing line, folks. You're on that side or the other side. Now fight. Don't look and over here behind green. the curtain. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the rich people go, but don't look over here behind the curtain. Just keep fighting each other while yeah, we play... do some stuff over here. I, I should play you the, I don't know if you know what Emu Phillips is, but he has a great joke about it. this guy's about to kill himself. And he's like, maybe we got something in common. And he goes down the things they have in common and ends up they're the same religion. And he starts <laughs> finding the things that they have in common. And then that religion that they're in, which is, and at the very end, he's like, Oh, wow, you're a heretic. And he pushes him off the bridge. Anyway, <laughs> even though they got the same religion right down the line, it's a one little detail, you know. Heretic pushes him off the bridge. Anyway. So as he will likely reassure Democrats that can perform well in suburban communities across the nation, must be critical of the party's efforts to take control of the U.S. House and re-elect re President Joe Biden. Well, the Democrats have not lost an election since 2020, so I don't know. Just keep turning out. And of course, uh, if you have a uterus, you probably see your best, best, that's an interest to vote. Still forecasting it for November could be complicated given that turnout already expected to be low given the abbreviated race is potentially hampered by a storm that dumped several inches of snow in a district election on election day. Both campaigns offered voters free rides to the polls as plows cleared wet slush from the roads. And the short term result could be a factor in up ultra tight votes to house where Republicans hold just a 219 to 212 majority is an example of how important one seat can be. Of course, 219 to 212 only comes out to 231. That leaves four seats not even spoken for. So I don't know what's going on with that math. An example of how important one seat can be the House Republicans voted Tuesday night to impeach Homeland Secretary, whatever. Republicans did some political stunt based on nothing, and it's going nowhere. A political, a polling place on Long Island earlier in the day, 59-year-old Lezer Sarius said he cast the ballot for Solozzi because the former congressman appeared more able to work with the opposing party to reach agreements in congressional gridlock. The constituents elected our officials to perform, perform a certain job, and we really had a very stagnant congressional year. Well, you got one party you can't even elect the leader. And when they do, they threaten to uh, throw him out if he just does one thing wrong. That's not leadership. That's that's leading by terrorism. 
The constituents elect their officials to perform a certain job and we really had a very stagnant congressional year, Sarius said after voting in middle school in Levittown. Even with the migrants now, we had a bipartisan deal in Congress and suddenly it evaporated. Like why? Do we really need to wait for another president to come? Are, and aren't we the issues that are pressing to everyone important at the moment? On the campaign trail, Swoozy, Swoozy, a political centrist, leaned into some of the same issues that Republicans have used to bash Democrats, calling for tougher U.S. border policies and rollback New York laws that make it tougher for judges to detain criminals awaiting trial. Okay. The unusual midwinter. In other words, let's come down on the poor people for all their problems. The unusual midwinter election became necessary after Santos was ousted by his colleagues in December partway through the first term. Santos won office in what was been a reliably Democratic district partly by falsely portraying himself as an American success story. A son of working class immigrants and made himself a wealthy Wall Street dealmaker. The many elements of Santos' life story were later exposed as fabrications as he was indicted on multiple charges including allegations he stole money from Republican donors. He was pleading not guilty. Stealing money from donors, well, well, they were giving them money, man. I really don't fault them for stealing money from suckers, you know? With no time for a primary for a special election, Democrats nominated Suwazi, a political centrist known for voters in the, known for voters in the district. Republicans leader turned to Philip, a relatively unknown candidate with a unique personal story. Born in Ethiopia, she migrated to Israel for Operation Solomon and served in Israel's defense forces for eventually moving to the U.S. and winning a seat in Nassau County. Uh, Philip, con or Philip concluded the race and said she congratulated so we'll be in the phone call Tuesday night. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. Look at that, congratulating somebody because you lost. Hmm, isn't that what we normally do after elections? Biden's campaign manager is quick to link the victory up to the presidential race. Donald Trump lost again tonight. When Republicans run on Trump's extreme agenda, even a Republican-held seat, voters reject him, Julie Chavez Rodriguez said. Trump responded to the result in the posts on social media. The short campaign was dominated by issues, abortion, immigration, and crime that are expected to shape crucial suburban areas and nationwide in this year's battle for Congress. This might be an international migrant, Herself, instead of having an international migrant herself, Philip hammered Suzy over an influx of asylum seekers in New York. Okay, go back to your own country, uh, lady, okay? Go back to your country. How about that? You're an immigrant, go back to your country. Jesus Christ. Talk about having no self-awareness. Trump, uh, let's see there. Despite being an international migrant, Okay, we did already. In response, he spent much of the campaign talking about the need to strengthen border policy, pointing out the times when he bucked his own party on the issue while in Congress. In the final stretch, Suozzi said he would support a temporary closure of the border to show the number of arrivals, similarly comments in Biden has made. Suozzi counterattacked Philip on abortion, saying she couldn't be trusted to protect abortion rights in places like New York, where it remains legal. Philip says she's personally against abortion, but she wouldn't force her beliefs her beliefs, others, and would oppose any attempt by Congress to oppose nationwide best. She also said, Mifepest, maybe you can pronounce this, Mifepristone, an abortion medication, should be available nationally. Both candidates expressed unwavering support for Israel 
its conflict with Hamas, even appearing side by side in an unusual joint event intended to convey solidarity. Democrats and Republicans will get a chance to fight over the congressional team in November, which might be a different district because New York's gerrymandered map has been taken to court, maybe thrown out, thrown away. One that favors Democrats even more, actually. The only reason Republicans took so many seats is because they gerrymandered their map in 2020 in New York State. So there's your story on George Santos. See, sorry it took so long. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> Good job, uh, everyone, for, I guess, replacing a big guy with a, hopefully a real guy, a real, <laughs> a real politician. What a... We'll see what happens. Right it, we'll see what happens. Crossing mm -hmm. our fingers. Okay, for our next story, let's go ahead and talk about where is it? You got my link, right? Huh? You got my link. I sent it on WhatsApp. Yeah, I've already, I've already done all of that ages ago. Yeah, that's what my story was. <laughs> okay. Um, for our next story, in some weird news, Greenland, which is famously known as an icy place, is now becoming more green. This is from Silence Daily. An estimated 11,000 square miles or 28,707 square kilometers of Greenland's ice sheet and glaciers have melted over the last three decades, according to major analysis of historic satellite records. The total area of ice loss is equivalent to the size of Albania and represents about 1.6% of Greenland's total ice and glacier cover. Where there was once ice and snow, there's now barren rock, rock, wetlands, and areas of shrub. A team of scientists from the University of Leeds who have tracked the changes across Greenland from the 1980s through the 2010s say warmer air temperatures are causing the ice to retreat, which in turn is having an impact on the temperature of the land surface, greenhouse gas emissions, and the stability of the landscape. Permafrost, a permanently frozen layer below the Earth's surface, is being degraded by the warming, and in some areas, the scientists were that it could have an impact on infrastructure, buildings, and communities that exist above it. Yeah, a lot of towns are going to start sinking. Their findings, land cover changes across Greenland, dominated by a doubling of vegetation in three decades, are reported on the 13th of February in the Journal of Scientific Reports. Greenland is part of the Arctic region. It is the world's biggest island, around 836, 330 square miles in size, or 2.1 million square kilometers. Most of the land is covered by ice and glaciers and is home to almost 57,000 people. Since the 1970s, the region has been warming at double the global mean rate. On Greenland, average annual air temperatures between 2007 and 2012 were 3 degrees warmer compared to 1979 to 2000 average, which is not a 10 year gap. They did kind of like a 10 ish year gap. Wait, what? Seven? They did a five year gap there ish, comparing it to the 1979. So that's a huge gap between just a few, like a handful of years. Whereas there was not even a sim similar. Uh, different temperature between 79 and 2000 and that was in celsius by the way it's three degrees celsius warmer in the five 
five-ish years. The research warned that more extreme temperatures are likely to in the future. Jonathan Karavik, an earth science based on the F Faculty of Environment at Leeds, and one of the authors of the study said warmer temperatures are linked to the land covered cover chart changes that are seeing in Greenland. By analyzing high resolution satellite images, we have been able to produce a detailed record of land cover changes that are taking place. Ice loss was concentrated around the edge of present day glaciers, but also in the north, southwest of Greenland. There were also high levels of ice loss in localized areas in the west, mid northwest and southeast. Over the three decades, the amount of land with vegetation growing on it increased by 33,774 square miles or 87,475 square kilometers, more than doubling over the study period. Wow. A pronounced increase in vegetation was seen across the southwest, east, and northeast. The greatest increase in dense wetland vegetation occurred in the vicinity of Kangaroo-Swak in the southwest and isolated areas in the northeast. Analysis by the researchers revealed that vegetation had increased along a latitudinal gradient between 63 degrees north and 69 degrees north and declined north of this. Jonathan Karavik said, We have seen signs that the loss of ice is triggering other reactions, which will result in further loss of ice and further greening of Greenland. Where the shrinking ice exposes bare rock that is then colonized by tundra and eventually shrub. At the same time, water released from the melting ice is moving sediment and silt, and that eventually forms wetland and fenlands. The loss of ice affects land surface temperatures because of albedo, which is the measure of how reflective a surface is. Snow and ice are good reflectors of the sun's energy hitting the Earth's surface, and that helps to keep the Earth cooler. As the ice retreats, it exposes bedrock, which absorbs more solar energy, raising the temperature of the land surface. Similarly, as ice melts, it increases the quantity of water in lakes. Water absorbs more solar energy than snow, and this is also increasing the temperature of the land surface. Right, we're living in a freaking biome, guys. It's all, everything's connected. The analysis shows a near quadrupling of wetlands across Greenland, particularly in the east and northeast. The wetlands are a source of methane emissions. Writing in this paper, researchers noted expansion of vegetation, and especially in wetland areas, indicates but also exacerbates permafrost thaw, active layer thickening, and thus emissions of greenhouse gases previously stored in the Arctic soils. The researchers also developed a model to protect those areas on Greenland that are likely to see marked and accelerated change in the future. Dr. Michael Grimes, the lead author of the report who conducted the research as part of their PhD, added, the expansion of vegetation occurring in the tandem with the retreat of glaciers and ice sheet is significantly altering the flow of sediments and nutrients into coastal waters. These changes are critical, protectable for the indigenous populations who traditional subsistence hunting, subsistence hunting practices rely on the stability of these delicate ecosystems. Moreover, the loss of ice mass in Greenland is a substantial contributor to global sea level rise, a trend that poses significant challenges both now and in the future. So that's right, our hot, hot planet is still hot and it's going to get hotter because now there's less reflective ice sending those rays back into space. But that is also, it's also my weird and wacky news because Greenland is becoming Greenland. It's becoming green, which is bad, but also funny. <laughs> Into your next story. Well, there's, 
Everybody's new vacation land. Yeah, I guess. Dreamland. Yeah, and get out of Hawaii. Disney, Disney amusement park there coming soon. <laughs> In more oddity news, a stingray with no male companion is pregnant in her mountain aquarium. This is from Ben Friendly, Finley of AP. Charlotte, a rust-colored stingray the size of a serving platter, has spent much of her life gliding around the confines of a storefront aquarium in North Carolina's Appalachian Mountains. She's 2,300 miles from her natural habitat under the waves of Southern California, and she hasn't shared a tank of water with a male of her species in at least eight years. And yet nature has found a way. The aquarium's owner said the stingray is pregnant with as many as four pups and could give birth in the next two weeks. Here's our girl say, hey, happy Valentine's Day. Let's have some pups, said Brenda Raymer, executive director of the aquarium and shark lab on Main Street in downtown Hendersonville. An expert on the stingray said it would have been impossible for Charlotte to have mated with one of the small sharks in a shark tank, despite the news reports <laughs> suggesting that the case of after Rammer joked about possible interspecies hookup, yeah, sharks are fish. The smart, the small aquarium is run by Rammer's educational nonprofit Team Eco, or Eco, E-C-C-O, which encourages local school children and others to take in interest in science. It's the biggest lesson now is on the process of pathogenic Pathenogenesis, a type of sexual reproduction in which the offspring develop from unfertilized eggs, meaning there is no genetic contribution by the male. The most rare phenomenon can occur in some insects, fish, amphibians, birds, and reptiles, but not mammals. Documented examples included California condors, kimono dragons, and yellow-bellied snakes. Yeah, it's more likely than the mammal breeding with a fish, I would think. I don't know if you got uh, stingrays that come out looking like sharks. I don't know. Or maybe we're on something. Katie <laughs> Lyons, a research assistant at the Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta, is not involved in the North Carolina Aquarium. Said Charlotte's pregnancy is the only documented example she's aware of a species round stingrays. They're round stingrays, but lions isn't all shocked. Other kinds of sharks, skates, and rays, a trio of animals often grouped together, have had these kinds of pregnancies in human care. I'm not surprised because nature finds a way of having this happen. To be clear, Lyons said, these animals are not cloning themselves. Instead, a female's egg fuses with another, another cell, triggers cell division, and leads to its creation of an embryo. The cell that fuses with the egg is known as a polar body. They are produced when a female is creating an egg, but usually aren't used. We don't know why it happens, Lyons said. Just that it's kind of a really neat phenomenon that they really seem to be able to do. Raymer said she and others at the nonprofit first thought that Charlotte had a tumor and they noticed a lump on her back that was blowing up like a biscuit, but another ultrasound revealed her pregnancy. We were all like, shut the back door, there's no way. We thought we were overfeeding her, but we were overfeeding her because she had more mouths to feed. Charlotte currently lives in a tank that's about 2,200 gallons or 8,300 liters and nearly the size of a construction dumpster. Raymer said they're hoping to get a tank nearly twice the size to accommodate Charlotte's offspring. They also want to put live cameras up for people to see them. It's very rare to happen, but it's happening. In the middle of Blue Ridge Mountains in rural North Carolina, hundreds of miles from the ocean. As for 
The suggestion that the Charlotte could have been impregnated by a shark lion said it's impossible. Besides being different sizes, the animals wouldn't match up anatomically, neither would their DNA. We should set the record straight that there aren't some shark ray shenanigans happening here, said lions. There's shenanigans happening, not the type you, you want to talk about. In a while, they're typically the size of a small dinner plate, and their name comes from the circular shape. They come in all shades of brown. They eat small worms, crabs, and mollusks, and they are preyed upon by certain types of sharks, seals, and giant sea bats. They're, willing, they're well known to humans because of their painful sting, often resulting of a beachgoer's foot stepping on them. Southern California lifeguards encourage people to do, do the so-called stingray shuffle as they wade through the water, in large part because of the round stingrays. Lions find the species fascinating lions is a person's name not lions the animal finds the species yeah. fascinating for example embryos in the womb are bathed in uterine milk that provides nutrients to help them develop i'm glad the round stingray is getting immediate attention that it deserves they're not necessarily sexy white shark but they do a lot of really neat stuff so from that we had a story also from the sexy stingray to uh the plague making a return. An Oregon resident was diagnosed with the plague. There are a few things to know about the illness. This is another AP story. Rebecca Boone. Officials in Central Oregon this week reported a case of bubonic plague in a resident who likely got disease from a sick pet cat. The infected resident and the resident's close contacts have all been provided medication. Public health officials say People in the community are not believed to be at rest. The cat was also treated, but did not survive. Plague is not common, but it also isn't unheard of in the Western United States, where a handful of cases occur every year. It's different from Alaska pox, a rare recently discovered disease that killed a man in Alaska last month. Of course it's different. It's called something different disease. There are a few things to know about what the plague is, who's at risk, and how a disease and how a disease that was once a harbinger of death became a treatable illness. Plague is an infectious disease that can affect animals. It was caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis, which is carried by rodents and fleas. Well, fleas and rodents, rodents and fleas. Sunlight and drying can kill plague bacteria on surfaces, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Humans and pets suspected to be sick with a plague are typically treated with antibiotics, sometimes with other medical measures. Plague symptoms can manifest in a few ways. Bubonic plague, that kind that contracted by the Oregon residents, happens when the plague bacteria gets into the lymph nodes and cause fever, headache, weakness, and painful swollen lymph nodes. It usually happens from the bite of an infected flea, according to the CDC. Septum, septicemic plague symptoms happen if the bacteria gets into the bloodstream. It can occur initially or after bubonic plague goes untreated. This form of plague causes the same fever, chills, weakness, as well as abdominal pain, shocks, and sometimes other symptoms like bleeding into the skin and blackened fingers, toes, and nose. The CDC said this form comes from a flea bites and from handling infected animals. Pneumonic plague is the most serious form of disease. It occurs when the bacteria gets into the lungs. Pneumonic plague adds, adds rapidly developed pneumonia to the list of plague symptoms. It's the only form of plague that can be spread from person to person by inhaling infectious droplets. All forms of plague are treatable with common antibiotics and people who seek treatment. 
early, have a better chance of full recovery, according to the CDC. Am I at risk of plague in the U.S.? An average of seven cases of human plague is reported each year, according to the CDC, and about 80% of them the bubonic form of the disease. Most of these cases were in the rural, western, and southwestern United States. A welder in central Oregon contracted it in 2012 when he pulled a rodent out of his choking cat's mouth. In 2012, he survived but lost his fingertips and toes to the disease. A Colorado teen contracted a fatal case while hunting in 2015, and Colorado officials confirmed at least two cases last year, one of them fatal. Worldwide, most cases of plague in recent decades have occurred in people living in rural towns and villages in Africa, politically, particularly in Madagascar and Congo, according to the Cleveland Clinic. People can risk can reduce the risk of plague by keeping their homes and outdoor living areas less inviting for rodents and by clearing brush and junk piles, keeping pet food accessible. Yes, inaccessible. Keeping pet food inaccessible to insects. And ground squirrels, chipmunks, and wood rats can carry plague as well as other rodents. So people with bird and squirrel feeders may want to consider risks if they live in areas with plague outbreak. The CDC says repellent with DEET can also help protect people from rodent fleas when they're camping and working outdoors. Okay, so there you go. There's your plague prevention for a disease that strikes a whopping seven people a year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's still but seven people, it. man. And in other news, eight million people got the common cold yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah. Measles is also making a return because, you know, people, anti-vaxxers are like, why would I vaccinate my child for measles when they can just suffer? Hooray! There, there's a deline delineation point of people you want to talk to. And yeah. the people that are anti-vaxxers, you don't want to spend any time talking to them. You, you just go stare at the sun. It'll be, it'll be a better use of your time. Yeah. Back to you. <laughs> All right. It's Valentine's Day. You know what that means? We're going to talk about some Valentine's gift ideas. And this is from Joni Hormons on HLN, which is a Dutch news site. And they are going to share to you what they think you should do for Valentine's Day. And that's your wellness debut. If you're not an experienced wellness enthusiast, you may wonder what tempts so many people to soak in whirlpools or do baths and steam cabins. Is that really as beneficial as claimed? Especially for newcomers in the wellness world. Let's find out what five things, I think it's five things that you could do for your wellness debut instead of giving your loved one a flower, I guess. Mm -hmm. Physical benefits for your body. Wellness is healthy. And as long as hygiene requirements are respected and is not accompanied by the consumption of glasses of kava or champagne, however, in a recognized center, you can rest assured that it guarantees high quality standards and you can fully reap the benefits that sauna and co bring. Because the physical benefits are countless, for example, wellness improves your blood circulation, reduces muscle pain and the risk of cold, and helps you sleep better afterwards, which again brings a whole new host of health benefits. Yep, sleep it all goes down to sleep at the end of it. It's mentally beneficial because it de-stresses you. But your mental health also benefits from a wellness visit. After all, it is the ultimate way to wash away the stress. And long-term stress is linked to a long list of ailments and conditions, from headaches, high blood pressure, to cardiovascular disease, and burnout. 
course, there's also an aesthetic charm to the wellness. Radiantly clean, another pleasant advantage. It gives you radiant skin and prevents wrinkles because everyone knows being old sucks. That was my own added uh, thing to add in there. <laughs> the warm water hmm. makes your heart pump faster, which improves blood circulation in your body. This increases the oxygen level in your body, which cleanses your skin from within. In addition, the heat opens your pores, causing you to sweat. This way, waste products disappear from your body, just like germs. I'm sure this is totally scientific. Trust me, bro. The germs will just flow out of your skin if you just go into a sauna. A wellness moment from time to time makes you healthier and more beautiful, especially if you choose an institute with thermal water straight from the source in naturally rich materials. Hey, I'm only being half sarcastic with this article. Social! It's a real quality time, especially if you bring your significant other for Valentine's Day. A visit to a wellness center is also the perfect time to deepen and celebrate your celebrate your relationship with your partner. When you have a completely relaxed, you are an uninhibitedly enjoy each other's presence without distractions or worries from the hard daily life. In the beneficial bubble of wellness, you have time for each other and enjoy real quality time to the fullest. Also, number five, why should you do this? Because it's fun, of course. Finally, apart from all the social, aesthetic, and health benefits, wellness is simply fun. What will relax you more than slipping into a steaming hot bath? Want to loose your neck muscles under a waterfall or have a muscle massage by a water jet? Wellness means pure enjoyment. You let yourself be pampered from head to toe, and that's perhaps the most important part to reason to put on that bathrobe and slippers as quickly as possible. <laughs> Attention! There is also one disadvantage to getting into wellness, and that's it's addictive, and there's a good chance you'll never go back. <laughs> so there's your uh, five, five reasons why you need to give your freaking girlfriend or boyfriend or non-binary non friend a, uh, a card to the sauna so you can go together and, I guess, get naked in a totally relaxing way. Wellness. No, what else? Oh, here we go. Here is some unique Valentine treats that don't cost a fortune that you can also buy. This is from the Daily Trust by Alicia Jalal. Valentine's Day is a special time of year, as everyone knows. It's the capitalist holiday. Um, special time. However, in Nigeria, many people are facing economic challenges and inflation that makes it hard to afford expensive gifts and outings. That nonetheless does not mean people have given up on Valentine's Day. There are still many ways to show love and appreciation without breaking the bank. While it is often said that true love can't be bought, a thoughtful Valentine's gift or gesture can make your lover feel special. And finding something great for your favorite person doesn't have to empty your wallet. Here are the six things that they recommend handwritten Noah poem for a lover on Valentine's Day is a very thoughtful gesture. It shows that you care enough to spend time and effort to express your feelings in a personal creative way. A handwritten note or poem can also be a lasting reminder of your love and appreciation, something that your partner can cherish for years to come. I do keep all of my cards and notes that I get. So while some people think, you know, oh, this is just a piece of paper with a note taken on it, even something as simple as, you know, like I have one right here even, 
congratulations on graduating with your, I think this was for my bachelor's degree, right? Just a small little note that I got and I still have it and I still keep it. I keep all my notes, so for some people it really is meaningful to write a, write a card for someone, even if it's not, you know, a freaking expensive gift. According to some yeah, sources... It doesn't hurt to let, sorry? let you care. Anyway. It doesn't, hurt. it doesn't hurt to let people know that yeah. it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, it doesn't cost yeah. anything to let... Some people don't know you care about them. If you don't tell them, they mm -hmm. think you don't care. I definitely want somebody who yeah, needs again. people to tell me how they feel, because I assume they hate me if they don't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my flaw. That's uh, yeah. The safe effects. That's a safe assumption, I think. Yeah, yeah. Don't assume everybody this likes This person you. doesn't give a shit about me. It's a safe assumption. You can't get hurt if you think no one cares about you. Okay, according to some sources, a meaningful note is earnest and from the heart. And writing notes to a loved one is a dying art in the present age of texting and emailing. A handwritten note or poem can also customize to suit your personal's pers partner's personality and preferences, making it more special and unique. Like those really fun ones that open and say funny messages on the inside. Those are always good. Homemade food. That's right. I don't know why this is, they gendered this, but they gender gendered this, especially for women. Cooking a homemade homemade food for one's partner on Valentine's Day is a wonderful way to show your love and appreciation. I guess because they're assuming only women cook. So, oh my God, the, the, the guy with the penis can cook too. Oh my God, I'm so impressed. Just, just, uh, just FYI here, um, Raj was the cooker in our family, really, so... <laughs> my, my mom cooks stuff, for sure. She cooks stuff. Yeah, but I would yeah, say you cooked I, more. I don't even make that. So, <laughs> I don't understand this whole... I didn't grow up with this gendered, oh, you cooking, I'm woman, I must cook thing. I didn't, yeah. Okay. Anyways, still, it is a thoughtful, thoughtful gesture for to cook for your partner. Something you can enjoy together. Cooking specifically for your partner can strengthen your relationship by enhancing your bond. You can also make the meal more romantic by choosing sensual foods, feeding each other, and setting the mood with candles and music. Baking or cooking homemade food for your partner is a gift that will nourish both your body and your soul. Hell yeah! A personalized photo album or scrapbook. Gifting one's partner a photo album or scrapbook on Valentine's Day is a romantic way to celebrate your love and memories. A photo album or scrapbook is personalized and meaningful present that shows how much you care about your partner and your relationship and how much you pay attention to them. Look how many pictures I took of you this year. When did you take these pictures? Uh, stalker much? Just kidding. Is it stalking if you're in a relationship already? Uh, you can fill it with photos of your favorite moments, places, and things that you share. You can also add captions, stickers, quotes, and other embellishments that make it more creative and unique. A photo album or scrapbook is a gift that your partner and can cherish for a long time and revisit whenever they miss you. Just don't do it every year because they're going to have too many scrapbooks. <laughs> um, a piece of painting. A piece of painting work or any other artwork is a romantic Valentine's gift for one's lover because it shows your creativity and passion appreciation. appreciation. Keyword, you have to be able to paint. Though maybe if you can't even paint, they'll still appreciate it because you tried. Art can express your feelings in a way that words cannot and can also capture a special moment or memory that you share with your partner. It can also be personalized to see your partner's taste, style, and making it meaningful and unique. Giving it a gift is a gesture of love that lasts for a long time will remind your partner of everything, remind you of them every time they see it. 
And finally, I think, no, not finally, two more. Pre uh, next, we've got movie night. A movie night at home can be a beautiful Valentine's gift for your lover because it allows you to enjoy quality time together in a cozy and intimate setting. You can choose a movie that suits your mood and preferences, whether it's romantic, a comedy, a thriller, or a classic. You can also prepare some delicious snacks and drinks such as popcorn, chocolate, wine, or soda and cuddle on the couch in bed. Movie night is a home at home is a simple but meaningful way to share your love and appreciation for your partner. Finally, the one some would call the cheapest gift of all, gifting somebody a potted plant. Like a small succulent. Plants and succulents are easy to care for and can thrive in various conditions, just like a healthy relationship. They also add beauty and freshness to your partner's home and office, reminding them of every time you see them. A plant or succulent gift can be personalized with a cute pot, a card, and a tag with a sweet message. It is a thoughtful and eco-friendly way to show your love and appreciation. I say, make do all of these on Valentine's Day. Make them a card, make them a scrapbook, paint them a picture, watch a movie together, and give them a plant. And they're just going to be covered. At least this Valentine's Day. Well, that's my uh, that's my list of Valentine's doohickles to do. On to uh, this day yeah. history. Doohickles. Good luck to everybody. Good luck to everybody. I'm sure somebody cares. <laughs> Besides being Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, of course... Uh, I always remember the first time I saw a Catholic friend with that thing in their forehead. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell your friends, hey, you got some on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Allen, founder of the African African Methodist Episcopal Church, was born in Philadelphia. Also, in his day, 1766, Thomas Thomas Malthus, an English economist and demographer, demographer, best known for his theory that population growth will always trend, tend to outrun the food supply and should be checked by stern limits on reproduction, is believed to have been born this day. Well, if they were keeping stern limits on reproduction, they definitely would have known if he was born that day, right? <laughs> they would have been, there's a baby. Yeah. One baby in this village. No more. 1779, Captain James Cook was killed by Hawaiians in a dispute over a theft of a cutter. Oh, here's yeah, cutter. fuck James Cook. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> Hawaii forever. Free Hawaii. What are the Hawaiian natives Free Palestine and free Hawaii. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, what? I'm just saying my political stance on Hawaii is that it should be freed oh. from tourism. That's all. Mm. Well, anyway, I tried to make a joke, but I guess. Anyway, 1876, Alexander Graham Bell applied for a patent for the telephone. In 1894, American inventor Jack Benny, whose unusual comic method and expert timing made him a legendary success in radio and television, was born. 1920, with the establishment of women's suffrage in the United States, Carrie Chapman Catt formed the League of Women Voters in Chicago. In 1929, another famous event that took place in this day, members of Al Capone's gang of bootleggers massacred a rival gang run by George Moran in the Chicago 
During the Prohibition era, 1929, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, it was called. 1946, the first general purpose high-speed electric digital computer, ENIAC, was demonstrated, excuse me, to the public by its creator, J. Presper Eckert Jr. and John W. Motchley, creators. And ENIAC stands for Electronic Numerical Integrator and Computer. They, they put the AND in the acronym. A lot of people don't put the AND in there. 1946, American answer, dancer, choreographer, and actor Gregory Hines, a major figure in the revitalization of tap dancing in the late 20th century, was born. 1991, the psychological thriller Silence in the Lambs was released on this day and widely regarded as a classic. Won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, uh, Best Picture Actor Anthony Hopkins, Actress Jodie Foster, and Director Jonathan Demme. Eat that with some fava beans and a light chianti. <laughs> 2005, Steve Chen, Chad Hurley, and Jawad Karim registered YouTube, a website for sharing videos. Never heard of it. It would become a hugely popular with more than 1 billion unique users and visiting the site every month. No idea. No, YouTube? No, something. I, you, you've heard of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Humor falling in deaf ears this morning. <laughs> this day in our featured event, uh, Frederick Douglass was born. And it says February 1818. So apparently they don't know what year, but they know the day. Apparently. But he was born in February of 1818 in Tuckahoe, Maryland, which is right across the bay. Yeah. From where I am. February 20th, 1895, he died in Washington, D.C. And that anniversary is in seven days, uh, six days. They can't do math here. Uh, also on this day, featured event, uh, fatwa issued against Salman Rushdie. On this day, 1989, Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran issued a fatwa offered a bounty for the assassinated uh, Salman Rushdie, whose novel, The Satanic Verses, Khomeini denounced as blasphemous, which is complete horseshit. But by the way, somebody did attack a couple of years ago with a knife almost killed him mm -hmm. so fuck you fuck you Rala Khomeini I hope you get sores on your anks what a piece of shit yeah <laughs> also birthday today Jimmy Hoffa we don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa but he was born in 1913 on this day 1942 Michael Bloomberg American business politician was born in 1942 in this day so he is 82 Man, 1946, American Idol, you did Gregory Hines. Shashma Swaraj, Indian politician, born in 1952. Steve McNair, American football player, born in 1973. And as a bonus, this day in rock history, kind of an eventful day in rock history. On this day in 1965, Otis Redding recorded Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, at Atlantic Studio, New York City. At first, a ballad, Respect, was written by Redding for Speedo Sims, who intended to record it with his band, The Singing Demons. Redding rewrote the lyrics and sped up the rhythm. The song became a 1967 hit and signature song for Aretha Franklin. Hell yeah. 
1968, oh no, let's go, let's go to 1970. The Who appeared at Leeds University, England. The show was recorded for the band's forthcoming Live at Leeds album. Since its initial reception, Live at Leeds has been cited by several music critics as the best live rock recording of all time. The University of Leeds Refractory has now been named a national landmark in the UK, commemorated with a blue plaque. Yes, Live at Leeds. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely heard of it. Who at it was their who at their peak, 1970. Even before, even before who's next? Even before their monumental success afterwards. 1972, John Lennon and Yoko Ono started a five-episode run as co-hosts on the Mike McDonald's Mike McDonald's. On the Mike Douglas U.S. TV show, the Philadelphia-based talk show was the most popular show on daytime television, seen by about 40 million people a week. As hosts, Lennon and Ono broached controversial topics, including the empowerment of women, the deterioration of the environment, as well as police violence. And they had their own musical guests that only John Lennon can attract, like Chuck Berry, <laughs> you know. And on this day in 1973, David Bowie was knocked unconscious and carried off stage after an excited fan rushed on stage. Bowie was knocked to the ground during the concert at Radio City Music Hall in New York City when he performed performing Rock and Roll Suicide, the final song of the show, and a fan took it literally. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> Into the, the show. You killed the singer. What? Dived onto the stage. <laughs> Luckily, David Bowie did live through it. Okay, and what national days is it today? We've covered most of this, National Organ Donor Day, so we're not giving hearts for Valentine's Day. You're doing it wrong. Give a heart to somebody that physically needs one. National Ferris Wheel Day. A lot of people die in Ferris wheels and donate their organs. That's true. <laughs> also, you can make out a Ferris wheel for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't know what he died in Ferris wheels, do they? They're not that dangerous. <laughs> and I, unless they had a heart attack, which means they can't. Shame on you for thinking. <laughs> it's also National Cream Filled Chocolates Day. What a coincidence! It falls on Valentine's Day. I'm sure that's yeah, just totally a coincidence. Not it's also that way. Those are all the ridiculously named days we come up with today that aren't Valentine's Day. But anyway, they're not ridiculous. They're fine. <laughs> I don't know why Ferris will be in February. It's like, let's go, unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere, let's go there to shiver. Oh. <laughs> don't leave now. I can't move my mouth. <laughs> I'm stuck to the Ferris wheel. <laughs> Those are all the days today for everyone on February 14th, 2024 on Before Coffee. Back to you. Right. This has been Allison here from the Netherlands where, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for Valentine's Day if I'm going to do anything. I don't really celebrate very many holidays, if any at all, but I hope everyone else out there is having a good day, whether you are with a loved one or not, because, hey, it's just another day for some people, and that's okay. We will see you tomorrow for Themeless Thursday, where we're going to talk about whatever the hell they wa we want, where we kind of do try to stay on theme for most of these days, but Thursday, who cares? I hope you have a good one. We see you next time. Here's your mic drop moment.
sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records. <laughs>